Our guest today is Jamie McBrien. Jamie joins us from OptiBPO, where he's the CEO. Jamie, welcome to the program. Thank you, Wayne. Thanks for having me again. It's our pleasure, Jamie. Now, I know that uh, you're in the BPO industry and you help people with their offshoring efforts. Um, Tell us, what are the opportunities? Yeah, look, Wayne, um, a lot of people see the really easy opportunity of the like for like, uh, moving to a lower cost jurisdiction. Uh, But for me, I think we need to think a little bit more than that. For me, there's three main strategies. Um, Strategy number one is the like for like, um, taking a role that could be onshore, thinking about doing it offshore in a lower cost location uh, and getting the benefit of that. Um, I think that's fairly straightforward and most of us can understand and see those opportunities uh, fairly easily. Um, Although I think some of us underestimate how much of that like for like we can do offshore. It's no longer just the low level procedural, we can do a whole lot of other activities. But there's some other strategies as well that are worth thinking about. Uh, A second strategy is transforming the way that we do things. Having a look at our processes, thinking about how we can do things differently, how we can shift a a role between high value and low value activities or or repetitive activities to make sure we focus more on that value-add customer interface onshore and then pushing some of those other activities into the offshore locations. Some easy candidates for that around sales, pushing um, sales support, um, HR, you know, you have your front-end um, HR uh, management, the back-end administration, uh, and really the opportunities are limitless in changing some of the ways that you do things. The third area for me is enhanced services. It's doing new things that you would otherwise not do. Uh, and that could be just thinking about uh, what else could we be doing. Maybe some ideas you've had before that just don't stack up in your home country, uh, but do stack up when you look at the cost of delivering something similar offshore. Um, there's a range of things around research, you know, around um, uh, around uh, documentation, around there's a whole range of different services that we see our clients going into, um, but they're able to then offer to their their, their customers um, that they couldn't otherwise deliver. I think the important summary of it all, though, is the importance of taking a step back at the beginning and planning, uh, getting a plan in place for the first 12 to 18 months and beyond. I think is fairly critical to make sure you make the most of the opportunity that's there. So, Jamie, um, timing is important, I know. Tell me about phasing the BPO. Yeah, uh, Wayne, it's, it's really important. Um, logically, it doesn't make sense to throw a whole lot of activity over the fence on day one. I think it's critical to th- when you think through that plan to start small, uh, get confidence uh, and grow from there. You're going to have people in your organisation that, that, that will point out the risks that might not see this as a good idea. Uh, and it's important, I think, particularly in that initial phase, to get comfort, um, get it right, uh, prove the concept, and from there you can build. So in those initial phases, we want to pick activities or we want to pick functions um, that we know can be readily transferable, um, that we know um, if the, the risk of service disruption is low, uh, and that we can manage through. So getting that initial phasing right, uh, and then we can move on to other activities is critical. Uh, we always say to our clients, it's, it's better for us to take a longer time to get there and to get it right than to go quickly and mess it up. Now, typically, how long does that phasing take? Yeah, I think when we look at each function, you know, you're looking at least two to three months to, to get it in and bed it in. Um, so um, there's going to be a whole lot of knowledge transfer up front. If we're moving an activity from onshore to offshore, we're going to have to make sure there's a range of things in place, such as processes and procedures and training documentation. We're then going to have to work through the knowledge transfer process. Um, and then there might be a period of parallel processing between the offshore and the onshore location. 
uh, which we need to make sure that we get right. And once we've got confidence from there, well, then we can extend. But I think it's important to understand what those next steps are up front. There's no point going through that initial phase and then going, well, what do we do next? Let's get that plan down for the next 12 months or 18 months. Um, let's work towards that plan and let's have checkpoints along the way uh, to make sure that we get things right. Now, Jamie, you mentioned some of the things you need up front there, and, and I guess they're prerequisites for a successful outsourcing. Um, what are those prerequisites? Yeah, look, uh, some of the prerequisites are actually just prerequisites for having a good business. Uh, but, uh, but all of us, I know, um, urgent versus important, um, you know, um, urgent often wins out. Uh, for things like really well-defined processes, um, having uh, standard operating procedures documented well, having training guides in place, um, these sort of things organisations often don't have, particularly if they're a fast-growing organisation uh, and they see this as part of their growth strategy. Uh, I don't think you should feel too bad if you're saying to yourself, oh, I don't have those things in place. You know, a critical part of what we do is help clients get those basic constructs and frameworks in place uh, rapidly. Uh, be that defining those processes or building those procedures, uh, making sure that our systems are ready as well to extend. And the great thing about 2018 is that it's far easier than five years ago. Uh, and then also just thinking about the other change aspects around um, how are we going to transfer the activity? How are we going to train the team? And, and making sure we thought through all of this in advance. As I said, it's better to take a little bit longer uh, to get that planning right than to jump in head first and then, um, and then potentially sink rather than swim. Now, I, I know that uh, you've helped a lot of Australian firms to successfully offshore operations. And I guess in that you've found a lot of Australian firms who don't have that procedural documentation that you're talking about in place because you've got an affiliate company now that helps with that. Yeah, we have a, we have a product, uh, Wayne, called OptiDocs, um, and what it does is it helps organisations rapidly and cost-effectively build standard operating procedures and, and work instructions. Um, the way we do it is after defining a process classification, a taxonomy, a table of contents, um, is we use some software to capture workflows and screenshots, um, such we then use our offshore documentation team um, to help build those work instructions, narrate them and pull those screen grabs in uh, as a basic uh, guide uh, for, for the new teams that come on board. It's just really a rapid way to get there. We find when we say to clients, can you build a procedure? You come back a week later and they're still arguing over the template or the structure. Um, when people don't do this day to day and they, they've got their day jobs, um, not many people are that driven to get these things in place. We're able to rapidly help get these things in place and address that gap. And that's called OptiDocs, Jamie. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it's Opt OptiDocs. Uh, okay. Inevitably, if you're going to uh, offshore something, the skills of the offshore staff are going to need to be built through a process, knowledge transfer and training. Do you help yes. with that? Yeah, look, and, and that's one of the things that you know, us as an advisory firm make sure that our clients are fully aware of and is incorporated in the transition plan um, to make sure they're successful. Uh, for us, there's a range of different approaches, but we, we often find um, getting the team on board, um, getting them started with those procedures, getting them started with uh, our learning management systems, getting them started with online training videos, uh, to get them off to a bit of a start, uh, get them working on some activities, and then let's think about other methods uh, to actually help build that team. Those other, method, other methods can include you know, um, day-to-day, one-on-one 
um, checking in and mentoring, but it can also include um, coming up to the Philippines, doing in-person training with your teams and all the opposite, bringing those teams um, to Australia, New Zealand, the UK and Europe and the US where our clients reside, um, getting them in country uh, for a period of time uh, to actually sit down, understand your business and go from there. But the costs of doing that are not high. Uh, uh, when, you, when you look at it overall, uh, but it can get the team off to a flying start. Uh, and once you build that initial team, what you hope to build though is some capability within your own team that you've got some leadership and maybe resources three to four uh, or five, need a more intensive training process. But we hope for six, seven and eight that there's people within the offshore team that you've built that can take on that training task. And I think that's, that's the aim. You wanna to get to a point where your offshore team becomes self-sufficient um, doesn't need as intensive hand-holding, uh, and the knowledge transfer uh, actually happens within the offshore team itself. And Jamie, is there any particular trick to, to a go-live date? Is there anything we, around about go-live that, that causes issues? Well, uh, you know, one of the hard things is that, um, unfortunately, human beings and HR and recruiting is not a perfect science. There's um, a bit of art to it, a bit of science, a bit of luck. Uh, and, you know, one of the hard things is that, you know, if you want to start with a team of five or six or seven or eight, uh, they're not going to perfectly line up. They're not going to all show up on the exact same date that you want them to be there. Um, they're going to be coming from other roles. They might be in between roles. So it, it's, it's managing through that process where there can be um, people coming in at different times and thinking about, well, we're building the team. Uh, how do we keep people busy? How do we keep people engaged early on? No one wants to start on day one and have nothing to do. Uh, how do we get that team up and running uh, in, in the best manner possible? So it, it, it is a need to be a little bit flexible in the approach that hopefully we have a good, strong plan, and I, I can't emphasize that enough, but a, a willingness to be flexible uh, in the actual execution of it. Jamie, for those people who have uh, who've watched you today, how do they get in touch? Yeah, look, our website's um, uh, www.optibpo.com uh, or my email address is jamie.mcbrien, uh, M-C-B-R-I-E-N, at optibpo.com. Thanks for your time today, Jamie. Yeah, thank you, Wayne.